You're listening to the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89FM, the podcast by students for students. Now, this week's episode. Welcome back. Today we will be discussing the Office of Cultural and Academic Transitions, also known as OCAT, and the work that they do at Michigan State. OCAT focuses on bringing students from all different backgrounds together and helping them engage with both their own and other cultures. They also collaborate extensively with multicultural student organizations on campus to host events, support students, and more. Hello, my name is Emily Hill and I am a rising sophomore. I am also a NSO student coordinator. Uh, I am majoring in environmental studies and sustainability. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm a rising senior majoring in international relations and political science prela with a minor in political economy and i'm also a student coordinator here at the nso office and today we're here with samuel salvador phd the director of multicultural student services from the office of cultural and academic transitions as well as jason who is an ocat coordinator as well as a bsa advisor and can you guys just begin on introducing your role and uh, giving us a bit of information about what you do within ocat when it comes down to my role and stuff that I do, so for example, I'm a coordinator, so I I'm, I'm on the student support side, like like student staff, like student support staff side. Mm-hmm. So what I do is uh, we have our student success initiatives, um, and we do all the heavy programming in the office. But without his guidance and support and keeping us like pretty much, I call it galvanizing the troops and keeping us together, like it wouldn't be a thing. So uh, a lot of our stuff is very hands on, um, supporting students, advising students. Um, pointing them to resources that we offer. Uh, uh, I know I've, I've looked at some of the questions, so I'm not going to answer everything right now because I could, but there's just, uh, we have a lot of connections to our office since we've been around so long. We have a great people like Sam who've worked in different departments. And uh, I have a, uh, I have a boss named Murray who's been around. Uh, the joke is he's been around since 1855. He's probably not going <laughs> to like that when he hears this. We call him the OCAT All-Star. Yeah, the OCAT All-Star. <laughs> so, um, just all those connections that we have, like, you know, accumulated over the years, like, that's what we're really there for. Because uh, it's very hard for racial ethnic students and marginalized students to come on this predominantly white institution and succeed mm-hmm. and thrive because they're just thrown in the mix like all students are. But when you're only, like, what, some of them, like, what, like, if you're a black student, you're like 7% of the population, right? And if you look for it from a more marginalized background, we're only like 30% of the population, it's very hard to just get thrown in there and, like, try to figure it all out, right? So, using those connections for our students on a daily basis and being there for them is pretty much what we do. One of the things that I would also just like to share is one of the things that we do in OCAT uh, constantly is work to create a space where students feel like they can come in wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we do negotiate is relationships with students from an academic and a social engagement perspective uh, who may be a first year, who may be a, a, a fifth year, who may be in their sixth year, who may be in grad mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I just would add to um, all the really helpful information Jason has, has shared has been that what we do is seek to create a space that feels like a home away from home. Um, Definitely. That, That's and, the main thing I forgot. Yeah. And, and it, it's really exciting to think that as we kind of prepare for this next academic year, that we're able to connect with students on this podcast to kind of invite them to consider uh, checking OCAT out um, when they have the opportunity. So you guys really did touch a lot on this question, but I sort of just want to dive like deeper into it. It's like, what is OCAT? When was OCAT founded? Was there anything that necessarily like propelled OCAT being founded? If that's a 
if you're able to answer that. Yeah. So OCAT, it's an, I was excited about this question because we often don't get the opportunity to share with the larger MSU community that OCAT was actually created out of the advocacy of students as late as, yeah, as late as the 1960s. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's actually this historical timeline on OCAT that you can check us out at at ocat.msu.edu. Students are interested. Mm-hmm. That kind of maps out for students this journey that a lot of our historically marginalized students were, were experiencing in the 60s, mid 60s, early 70s. Um, you had black student organizations and mm-hmm. Latinx student organizations and other student organizations that were coming together saying, we need more representation. Mm-hmm. We need advocates that understand the journey we're on um, and the various intersections that we already hold. And over time, that advocacy led to actionable moves by the institution. And we had the first iteration of OCAT. And I say the first iteration because historically, I think we've gone through at least five name changes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to think that we are part of this larger narrative that has existed for over 50 years at MSU. And Mm. Jason will will share sometimes that I've shared with the team Um, We are not the first and we hopefully will not be the last iteration Mm -hmm. of advocates for students from marginalized spaces on campus. Okay, so obviously you have said how it is a wide variety of students that you work to help. But what is the best way for students and especially these new students to contact you like where are you guys located, office hours, any of that kind of stuff? One of the uh, one of the best ways for students to contact, well, first, first of all, come see us. We're in a student services building on the third floor, room 339. Literally the amount of people that come in there and just get help just by sitting down in the office and talking, like it's like it's insane. Like sometimes we'll have, like we have former students that work at the institution. Like we have a one student, I'm giving him a shout out, his name's Guy. He was our intern last year and like literally he comes every day on his break. So like we'll, we'll we'll literally have students who sit down and stressed out about financial aid, and he'll sit down and I'll be like, "Gee, go help her or go help them or mm-hmm. him or whatever they identify as, right?" And he'll be like, "Oh yeah, you just didn't click a button." And I literally that moment of stress is just relieved just by being in that space. We'll have you know sometimes Vinny Gore will come in, like we'll just have random people that'll stop by, um, because it it is really um. It's just a fa- it's, it's just a place full of resources. My first week when I worked there, I met ten alumni that just came into space just to get back utilized with OCAT. But our official office hours are 8, are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. But if they want to get in contact with us, we got our Instagram. Um, I think it's OCAT underscore MSU. But if you just put in MSU OCAT in uh, Instagram, it'll pop up. Um, they can catch us via email, which is OCAT at MSU.edu. That's a way to get in contact with us. We have a phone line, too. And just honestly utilize that website that Sam was referring to. It's a lot of rich information about what we're about and like what we do at the same time. Yeah, so you guys have touched on it a little bit, but you've mentioned programming. Like, what specific resources does OCAP provide for students? So I think that the way I would really uh, approach that and like that question is by answering with first acknowledging community. Mm-hmm. One of the resources that OCAT offers consistently is the sense of community if students are interested in being a part of the, the physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of resources that might help a new incoming first-year student, um, events and programming that focus on introducing students to other community members on campus, other resources on campus that they may utilize, um, like the MSU Union or financial aid um, resources, uh, 
And also, it's resources based on a, a student's need. One of the things that we've been really consistent uh, about this year is communicating to students, like, if we don't have the answer, we will work to find one, mm. right? So it's this idea that oftentimes students um, that I've worked with in the past, typically first generation or come from um settings that might not have that might not have been interested necessarily in college will arrive and say okay I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's that's partially true and also kind of difficult to navigate. So mm-hmm. for a lot of yeah. students that come in it's like I have nowhere else to go and this was the last place I thought of. And what we've been working on specifically this year and I say this year is my first year in this role mm-hmm. uh, is helping students understand that hey this should be the first place I go to yeah so if there are financial aid needs if there are health and wellness needs if there are um, like registration needs like how do I schedule classes um, if there are if there's an interest in connecting with a student organization or a council that we work with in OCAT uh, come and check us out mm-hmm. Um I know that there are some students that are like, I was really involved in my high school. Uh, I'd like to be involved here. Great. There are some community members that are just hanging out. They might be on a couch. They might be watching TV. They might be tutoring or just studying. We'd be more than happy to introduce students. So it's just a a really unique um, answer for a question that I feel oftentimes is like, oh, here are the seven resources. It's really based on students' interests and needs in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I like to uh, build on that, too, is like our resources goes beyond even this institution. Right. So I'll get to some of the resources we have within institutions. Like we have a direct line of financial aid. Uh, Murray, our all star, has direct line to executive director of financial aid. Shout out Keith Williams. Um, the uh, one of the assistant directors, of financial aid, Dave Norday. He does a lot of great work with our students. He's a former OCAD and uh, Magic alum, which we'll talk about Magic later. That came up underneath Murray. Uh, Detective Marlin, uh, Detective Chief Marlon Lynch. Uh, as a direct line that we have to MSU PD uh, with Sergeant Dwayne Jones and uh, Sergeant uh, Florine Taylor. Um, just resources all over the place that these people who have like these high ranking positions that are people of color, even probably not even people of color either that have came either up under OCAD or have that like that connection that want to work with us. It's just the, like the, the the resources are limitless, too. And then even beyond the institution, again, we're going to brag on Murray a lot because Murray is the godfather of us all in this conversation. Uh, <laughs> um, but even like. Um, we have a direct line with number one motivational speaker in the world, Dr. Eric Thomas, who came up under OCAD and Murray, and then even like people like Jamil Hill and just other phenomenal uh, alumni that want to come back and give back to the office and help our students out. Like I said, my first week I met 10 alumni that came back. So those are resources that are even helping our students beyond the classroom and beyond this campus to succeed and actually do better. So, yeah, those, like, the, like, but pretty much like Sam said, like just the resources that we provide is like limitless, but a lot of it is really the, that community in that space. And also I want to give a shout out to our cores groups, which we'll talk about more, our Council of Racial Ethnic Students. They're a great resource that are through our department as well as a department organization, which we'll get more on that as well, because I saw there was a question about RSOs. Um, but yes, but they're, but, they're, but they're the voice for the students. They help us keep more in tune and engaged with like what's going on in the field of campus as well. So I also want to give the students a shout out for the advocacy that they do. Okay, so obviously you have a lot of resources and a lot of stuff that goes beyond MSU's campus, but just looking kind of in the campus, I know, Jason, you kind of touched on this earlier, but are there any, like, events and programs that you guys specifically offer? Ooh, yes, let's talk about them. Yes, Um. so fun fact, I think last year when we did our program for each semester, I think we had 60 events each semester. 
Yeah, so we had 60 events each semester. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, like, it is. And we love doing them all. But it, it, yeah. it is a lot of work, but we love mm-hmm. doing it. So like, we're not, it's not complaints at all, but it's just giving like a fun fact that I think a lot of people don't know. But one of our main events that we have coming up right now is Magic. It's called Maximizing Academic Growth in College. So it is, uh, it's a week-long summer bridge program that we do two sessions of. So I think as of right now, we're at like 230-some students that we think are going to show up. And we usually cap it at 200, but we're going to make it work. But, yeah, so pretty much the uh, – so Magic is like – I think that's like our trophy baby magic. I think that's like the one that we hang our hat on the most. It's going on 27 years. It was started in 1996 from our, again, our all-star uh, Murray Edwards. Great, phenomenal guy. We're going to talk about him a lot, like I said. But uh, so pretty much Murray realized that like at this institution is really hard for our racial ethnic students and our marginalized students to adjust to campus. Mm-hmm. So he came up with a framework um, to do a bridge program. That's a week long that gets not only the students like known like around like they walk around campus so they know the whole entire university by the time they're done. They get resources and sessions throughout the day. It's like a it's like an academic boot camp. Like they're walking around, they're gonna be up early, they're gonna have a strict regiment, so it gets them prepared to like how to handle that in college, but they learn financial aid, MSU PD, uh, you know, all the uh, student services resources that we have. Uh, talk like just talking about those real life conversations that you need to, that you need to adjust to the PWI. And then by the end of the day, the most beautiful part about it is they know 100 people at least that they know and they know this campus. And uh, this past year, my first year, my first go around was uh, the first semester. We we just got the new grades, but the first semester, like 85 percent of our students performed 2.5 or higher. I can't even make this up. So it's a it's a real beneficial program. I could talk about magic all day, but we also do our success series with Dr. Eric Thomas that I was talking about earlier. That's a, we do that during the fall semester, and that's pretty much just a weekly motivational thing that we do every Monday. Dr. Eric Thomas will come in and he'll talk, and this man gets paid like a <laughs> hundred thousand at least to talk to students. But he comes back and does it for free. We'll do it in Erickson Kiva. He'll give motivational spe- uh, speeches, or he'll have someone that, uh, that's a part of his. Uh, talent group to come and talk to them but it just keeps them grounded uh we got spartan remix which is uh yeah everyone likes spartan I remix. Gonna, too. i was gonna say i was like do you have any specific like incoming student yeah resources yeah so spartan remix yeah so so magic is more first come first serve right. it's more of like like you said like a sample size but spartan remix is like the main like hoorah that comes back so i i, I like to call it the more intimate version of participation for our marginalized right. students our racial ethnic students so it like so we'll have performances like the uh marginalized like those uh student groups that are specifically catered to marginalized students, which we allow anybody, but we usually get more like racial ethnic marginalized student organization to come out they table and it's a fun time. So I feel like it's a more intimate version for our marginalized students on campus. So that's a good resource. Um Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. mention the one that you're not mentioning because you're the one that leads it and it's I was a just phenomenal about to say <laughs> it's a phenomenal resource for first year students and that is OCAT Fridays. Mm-hmm. Uh every Friday from one to four, we actually in the OCAT space just make room for students to show up and exist. Just yeah. Uh, after a potentially difficult week, hard week, maybe studying or mm-hmm. with uh, studying and work, we have food uh, that's available. It's free of charge to the students. They just mm-hmm. show up. And, so. and and it's in this past year, we would see some students just walk in, grab a plate of food and walk right out. <laughs> and if that's what they needed in that moment, that was great. You don't have to be a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth year student to engage OCAT Friday. You just... Mm-hmm. Just be a student. Come on. And and sometimes there's music. Sometimes there's karaoke. Uh, Sometimes there's engaging dialogue about current events that are currently happening on campus. Mm -hmm. It's just a space for students, uh, particularly I would offer first year students to build more community, Mm -hmm. to find an opportunity to engage and to just 
decompress. Uh, yeah. So that's another one. OCAT Fridays along with the Spartan remix are kind of um, really um, directed towards those first year student experiences. Yeah. And then with the thank you, thank you for that, Sam. Yeah, no okay, Friday is uh, is my baby, but I, I guess I don't brag about it enough when I'm talking about it. Um, but yeah, so they do. So it's the food. So like, like there'll be things. There'll be karaoke. So we have speakers that will set up, and I don't force them to do the karaoke, but it's hilarious. You'll be surprised. I mean, they don't really get into it. Um, we got a, a gaming room that we make that has a Nintendo Switch that they can connect to the TV. Uh, when this past semester we did a uh, we did a March Madness one with the brackets, mm-hmm. and I uh, raffled off Squishmallows. Oh, oh the that students was, love Squishmallows. They did not love me because I'm oh. mean. So I like I like boosted anxiety. So I'd be like number nine one <laughs> up nine one and now nah, it, it it was hilarious. But yeah, so that 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 is definitely I think for a first year that'd be the um that would be the event that I I guess we should de- definitely harp on because it it does it builds it builds a lot of community and it gets them that's usually the gateway into everything else that event because they'll sit down they'll see. And then they'll realize, oh, I'm black, but I don't necessarily just have to hang with black students. Like I can go hang with people from the PETA community, Latinx community, the native community. So it's 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 a real nice, uh, nice event that I'm 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 definitely happy to um to spearhead and like be like be able to build off on. That's amazing. <laughs> so we've thrown this word cores out a little bit. Jason has touched on it a little bit. So what are cores groups? What does that stand for? I haven't heard, I've heard of them, but I haven't heard a lot of them. So if you guys could touch on what those are, how OCAT supports them and other RSOs on campus, that would be awesome. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be the both of us have to answer this question. Cores groups, Council of Racial Ethnic Students. The president at that time pretty much signed off and said that, you know, these core groups uh, that racial ethnic students, which is identified by the, um, by by the government, uh, Black, Latinx, uh, Asian American, Pacific Islander, but we call it a PETA, um, and then also uh, our native our native students, what they like to call by Northern American, no, yeah, North Northern American, Indigenous. North American Indigenous students. That those four groups, they're going to have their own council of students. So it ends up being BSA, CRU, NASO, APASO, and uh, they're going to get from the president's office. They're going to get right from the president's office, right? They're going to get $25,000 each for programming. That was back in the mid-90s. Uh, and so they evenly disperse it. They get $25,000 apiece, and they're housed through our office or their department organization. So um, they don't necessarily – so they do similar things as regular registered student organiz- organizations, but they have a process, and they uh, part of my role as the advisor is also working hands-on with them and also making sure that they're following certain procedures and policies, though. But also have these uh, incredible signature programs that they do to build community and bring those first-year students and those students to feel like they have a home in a space. So VSA, they do their Black Power Rally, which the, they just had their 50th this past November. They're going on the 51st. Um, Crew does the uh, uh, DDLM, which is uh, Latinx Woman, a Woman Empowerment Conference. They didn't have it this year, but they're going to have it next year. Uh, they also do Brown uh, Brown Brown Pride Rally, right? Uh, Brown Pride. Yeah, Brown Pride, they do that. Um, Apostle, they do their cultural vogue, which they had it this past semester. It was amazing. If you if you if you missed it, oh man, it was really powerful. And and I want to mention, like, all of these events are open to students on campus. Yes. Period. Yes. Right. Period. There, so there's this. I I think oftentimes uh, one of the the differentiations between um, RSOs sometimes and these councils um, that that are kind of housed in OCAT right now is this idea that. Being a part of the RSO grants this idea of access to events and things that are going on. What a lot of these cores groups do are events that are for the betterment of the entire MSU community mm-hmm. that center 
historically marginalized and intersectional groups. Yes. So um, these events that we are naming are not events that incoming students should feel like, oh, I may not self-identify, so I am not. No, that's actually quite the opposite of what yeah. many of the goals are for these councils. It's we just want to center and celebrate um, how we uh, identify on campus and the identities that we hold. You are welcome to be a part of that, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a like a just fantastic opportunity to continue growing um, our own understandings of self and our own understandings of identity and the identity journeys that we're constantly on. Um, so that's something I just wanted to add. Like, mm-hmm. as we name these things, these are invitations also for students who are listening. Yeah, definitely. And then the last one, because I don't want to forget uh, NASO's uh, signature program. They do a, a powwow, which was my first time going to one last year, and it was so powerful. So they, they do a phenomenal and great work. And then also, too, what they're most concerned about is advocating for our marginalized students and their respective racial ethnic students. Um of the community they serve, I should say. But one thing that uh, the council is deeper is that they, they, they have a coalition too. So they're always working together and they always stand in solidarity with each other, which increased that inclusive, like inclusivity. And then also promotes the intersectionality that uh, we're seeing a lot of our students have uh, struggles with when they come on campus as well. So they also help with that, finding that identity piece. And when students see that, okay, crews working with a PASO, it makes it easier for a student who may be identifying as a PETA and Latinx to be like, oh, okay, like I can get both identities. Like I can live both experiences while I'm here instead of having to choose which one, right, which we mm-hmm. sometimes see happen. So our chorus group, they do a lot of they do a lot of amazing things, and their history is so rich, and I'm so proud of our students for uh, still continuing to build on that legacy and that hard work. Okay, so you guys just listed so many amazing opportunities for students to like get involved with, but how can new students, or I guess students in general, um, learn more about joining course groups? Because I know like when I came in, I was interested in joining, and I feel like this podcast has heard my, uh, I was a, covid freshman story a million times but like i feel like i like did not know at all how to join and that like really hindered my experience in Mm -hmm. joining like these types of groups Mm -hmm. so how can like students now and these new students come in and join these groups can i provide more context to that though to like like her being the covid student sure yeah (laughs) so um one of the things I would tell you is that it was really hard for our students during covid because they were expected to do everything online and so they lost the element of general body meetings um, I think that's the great entryway to the organization now. Um, we're still working on them trying to get them off the same day. That is uh, That has been an uphill battle, but we understand that there's only so many days in a week. But definitely getting involved with them through their general body meetings, I think that would be a great way because you'd be able to see the community get updates on what they're doing. Um, also, too. I just want to add to you, Ava, know. thank you so much for naming this um like COVID yeah. experience yeah. Um, as a student at MSU, because I think one of the things that uh, many of our course groups have done is actually embraced a hybrid model for a lot mm-hmm. of their GBMs mm-hmm. or general body meetings. So in response to these experiences that they were receiving from students saying, it's actually harder for me to engage because this has been how I've understood a negotiated community is, is through this COVID experience. Um, they've actually responded in a way that kind of invite students to feel like they can still connect even if it's in a hybrid form so Mm -hmm. like as jason is saying like hey we're trying to get back into these general body meetings as community part of that means Mm -hmm. this hybrid form this hybrid model um just as another option Mm -hmm. every single one of our course group has an instagram and usually if you just Mm -hmm. put in like their actual like if you just put in bsa msu they'll pop up same with crew and they so 
N-A-I-S-O and uh, Apaso, A-P-A-S-O. They'll pop up. Um, also, too, uh, and what I've noticed within my community, within the black community a lot, they found out who, who I am. <laughs> so they'll just come to me as well. And we also we, we, we also encourage that as well because we we do, at least I understand as a coordinator, as an advisor, I do admit that I know quite more than probably like even Sam would know because Sam's job is more on like an administrative level. It is. But I don't know everything that happens on the ground level. So we also encourage students like speak up like, hey, like me, like, hey, I'm not really seeing whoever around. Like, can you help me? And I'd be like, yeah, because I'm all for like throwing them out there to y'all. Like, hey, like talk to you. Like, these are people you're serving. Sweet. So moving on, like what piece of advice would you give to incoming students who want to um, learn more about being inclusive during their college experience? So I'm actually really interested in this question because um, there's a fantastic book that I'd recommend if you all haven't read, if the community out there hasn't read. It's called Whistling Vivaldi by Claude M. Steele out of Stanford University. And it's this idea that Steele engages that a student um, who perhaps has been in a space to believe that they don't belong will actually respond in a way that says, I don't belong. And they actually studied this, right? So... Um, as a Latinx identifying person, it's this constant reminder that came in the form of sayings that was confirmed by research, right? My grandmother used to say, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Well, that changes if you're, for example, like me, a first generation student who has been negotiating this idea that this space isn't for you. Well, what's really interesting about stereotype threat is that there are ways that we can negotiate demystifying, and I'm going to keep coming back to this phrase, demystification, and that is through engagement. Um, As the Office of Cultural and Academic Transitions, one of the things we strive to do is to create that space for students to ask questions, not only about self and intersectionality, but also about academics. Like, I need a math tutor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yesterday, help. We we work yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. And the advice I'd give to students uh, who would like to learn about being more inclusive is understanding that inclusivity can be as simple as, let me help you with your math. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask for help about math. Hey, let me invite this person that I've never met who is a part of my floor just to dinner and, and get to know uh, who they are. Um, it's this this idea that we have to stay in spaces that we feel comfortable in that I would invite students to think more critically about um, and in safe ways kind of push on the boundaries of these stereotype expectations that are kind of embedded in cultural practices as well in our social spaces. Last question for you both mm-hmm. is what is your favorite part of working with students slash being a part of the Spartan community? Oh, Okay. One of my favorite parts of working with the students is how much I personally learn about what they're going through, how they operate, and then also knowing more about this campus. Because um, I feel like I'm kind of in the minority in itself of like being. I didn't go to school here at all. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Joliet, Illinois. I went to Western Illinois University for undergrad, and then I graduated from Indiana State for um for my grad program so I didn't know anything about Michigan State until I applied I did my research for like the office and then like I pretty much learned on the fly like 
most of it. And and I think that's probably why I have such a special bond with our magic students from last year because I was learning as they were learning <laughs> on a lot of stuff. But I love it, though. And then also, too, like our students are so smart and they're so passionate. And also, too, I see in real time what a lot of people don't see. Like, so I see the growth and development that, like, the outside world has not seen them go through, right? So, like, when they do finally become a part of an e-board or they get that 3.5 or they uh, manage a personal conflict or they advocate for themselves or they call out a racist professor or, you know, they were so introverted at Magic or the first week of class and we talked to them and now they're, like, the loudest person in the office on a Friday, right? (laughs) Like, it's, like, little stuff like that that, like, warms my heart because, like, that's what I love doing. And everyone in the office, like, from Sam to Diane to Murray to Juan to Anna, even to our student staff, like, they we're in there because we have a passion to do it, right? So when you see that passion rub off on our students and they mature and they do all these great things. But also, too, what I like about being part of the Spartan community that I've never, ever had, ever, and y'all are so prideful like <laughs> like it does not matter go green go white like and that's a beautiful thing to be a part of right like just the pride and just uh just a just the honor it is to like that everyone feels to be a spartan and like keeping that up it's not all sweet as we know but like to any student i would say like if you're part of this like spartan family you get into your community you'll always be a spartan like i went down to phoenix and I wore uh, MSU gear when I, I went to go in the mountains. I literally had four people scream at me at different times, like, go green, go white. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And we see that a lot. In our, like I said, look with the alumni and, like, the networking and stuff. So I think that's a beautiful space, like, a beautiful part about being a Spartan. You all can't see, but, like, I'm getting, like, teary-eyed, right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm listening to those moments where, Jason, you're talking about the growth. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the favorite part for me working with students is – Understanding that a lot of our students, many of our students, all of our students just have so much potential when they arrive at MSU. Like you have potential and that potential is phenomenal and it's amazing. And one of the things that we uh, think about often is how do we turn that potential into practice and then that practice gets transformed into progress. Hmm. So for me, I, I'm just so excited when I am able to engage students and they become... Um, just those leaders that we saw them potentially being uh, when they started their academic journey, mm-hmm. right? Uh, students at the beginning of the year saying, you know, I'm thinking about this. I don't know. And you see they have the potential and the potential is there. And then by the end of the year, they're like, yeah, I'm the president of this organization. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, yeah. like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think for me, there is a lot of joy and um, a lot of like just excitement that I, I feel when students come back and it's happened already a couple times where it's like, yeah, I got a job here at this Fortune 500. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. And and then they go off and they're just these great like humans and they're mm-hmm. these humans that we all knew they would be. Mm-hmm. But they had the opportunity to kind of mobilize their, their potential and turn it into this practice that allows them to just be successful. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's what I love the most. Um, and being a part of the Spartan community um, has just been that we have the opportunity to to kind of support one another because um, that's the other thing that I would say um, in the OCAT space, watching one Spartan support another Spartan in a way that doesn't involve me is actually kind of cool, right? Yeah. Where somebody is on an OCAT Friday, they got a plate full of food and they're sitting quietly by themselves and another Spartan comes in and it's like, hey, how's it going? What, yeah. what, hey, what's your major? And you hear it. You hear it outside your door and you're like, oh my gosh, community formation. 
Um, that's one of the things that I just really appreciate. I think we definitely value that here as well. Thank you both for joining us. Um, and remember to join us next time for our podcast on uh, financial aid. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89 FM. Let us know what you think by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MSU underscore NSO. 